Now, I've been preaching on Sunday mornings about Jesus is the truth. You know, we're living in a world full of lies and deception. I don't have to tell you that. And people are believing lies and are being deceived. Deception is rampant. So how do you deal with lies and deception? You know the truth. You see, the truth will expose and dispel any lie or or deception. Well, how do you know the truth? Well, I'll tell you what you do. There's no area of life that Jesus did not speak about. None. He spoke about every area of life. So what we're doing on Sunday mornings is we're just opening the Word of God and we're reading and teaching the words of Jesus. Oh, there are many other scriptures we could go to to add to it. But basically, we're saying, what did Jesus say about that? Now, you've got to remember, in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus said that it was the truth that would set us free. So listen to it. It's on the screen. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, hear what he says, if you know the word, if you know the word, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth. Oh, Jesus said, get to know what I said about life. Know what I said. And if you abide in my word, you will know the truth. You'll know it. And you know what it'll do? It'll set you free from lies. It'll set you free from deception. And you can build your life on the truth that Jesus spoke. We've already looked at the fact of what Jesus said about life. And then we looked at what Jesus said about death and resurrection. Then we looked at what Jesus said about heaven And about hell. And last week we looked at what Jesus had to say about relationships. How we live a Christian life in a non-Christian world. This morning, in in conjunction with the Lord's Supper, we're going to see what Jesus said about salvation. You see, when we take the unleavened bread, it is a beautiful symbol of the sinless life of the Son of God. Jesus is the sinless Lamb of God. Pilate said what the whole world should have said. I find no fault in this man. And no one can find any fault in Jesus. He lived in a world full of sin. Tempted in all points like we are. But he never sinned. And so we think of his body which was broken for us when he died on that cross. But then when we come to the cup, the fruit of the vine... He said, this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you. Salvation is in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is in the person of Jesus Christ. And so today, let's see what Jesus said about salvation. I I don't want to hear what somebody else says. I want to know what Jesus said about salvation. All right, he said, first of all, he told us to remember his death till he comes. All right, 
Matthew 26, verse 2. Now, Jesus is talking about, he said, to remember his death till he came. So in the 26th chapter of Matthew, we look exactly what he said. In the second verse, listen to what he said. I better put my glasses on. I had them in my pocket. It's amazing how much better I can see with my glasses on. I don't have trouble seeing. I just have trouble remembering. But anyway, in in 26.2, he said, now listen. He said, I want you to remember my death. He didn't say, I want you to remember my miracles. I remember them. He didn't say, I want you to remember uh, the great love that I had for the masses and the multitudes. I remember it. But he said, I want you to remember my death. Because that's where the price was paid for your salvation. We read in verse 2. You know that after two days, this is Matthew 26, 2, that after two days, it is the Passover. And the Son of Man will be delivered, be delivered up to be crucified. Those are the words of Jesus. He said, they've been crucifying, offering lambs for years and years and years at the Passover. Now the Lamb of God is going to be offered up at the Passover. He said, in two days... I'm going to be crucified. Then you turn on over in Matthew 26. And he talks further about, look at verses 26 through 28. Look at what he said. This is where he instituted or began the Lord's Supper. He says in verse 26 of Matthew 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it. And gave it to the disciples and said, this, this is the words of Jesus, this is my body. He says, this unleavened bread is a symbol of the sinless life that I lived. And when you take that, you're remembering my body. And then he went on in verse 27. Look, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Now, don't miss this. Drink from it. Drink from this cup. All of you. Why? This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the remission of sin. Oh, he's getting to the heart of the issue. Remember, this bread is my body. This blood is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for the remission of your sin. Now he's talking about salvation. For the Bible says, uh, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus' death was all about our sin. Our sin had separated us from God. Our sin had caused us to be dead spiritually. But Jesus is saying, when I go to the cross, he said in verse 2, in two days I'm going to be crucified. But now you've got to remember, there's a meaning behind all of this. That that bread represents my body and and the blood in this cup represents my blood, which is for your sins. That's why I'm going to the cross. So Jesus told us to remember his death until he returns. Turn back to Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 through 19. 
You see, Jesus knew exactly why he came. And he kept telling his disciples, I'm going to the cross. I'm going there. In chapter 20, verse 17 through 19, listen to what he said. You know, the disciples didn't quite get it. He told them he was going to be betrayed. He told them he was going to the cross. But somehow, it did not register in them. And when the time came, they all broke and run and ran and, and fled. But look in verse 17. Now, Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the 12 disciples aside on the road. So they just, he said, stop here a minute. And they pulled off the side of the road. They just, on the side of the road, and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be betrayed. This is Jesus talking to him. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest and the scribes. And they will condemn him to death. And deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, to scourge, and to crucify. Man, he said, let me just tell you how it's going to happen. I'm going to stand before Pilate. They're going to mock me. They're going to spit in my face. They're going to pluck out my beard. They're going to mock me. He said, and they're going to scourge me to the point of death. And then they're going to crucify me. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. See, Jesus was telling them, hey, you've got to understand that salvation is not in my teachings as great as they are. Salvation is not in my miracles as miraculous as they were. Salvation is not in the demonstration of my great love as great as it is. Salvation is in the cross. They will mock me. They will scourge me. They will crucify me. Why? For the remission of your sin. It's all about your sin. The sin debt had to be paid. And that is exactly what I'm going to do. And over in Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter uh, 24, verse 7, look at what Jesus said. He talked about it again. He said, I want you to remember my death till I come back. Remember my death till I come back. In, in, in chapter 24, verse 7, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and he never stopped there, praise God, and the third day, rise again. I feel like singing rise again. You know, I love that song, don't you? Rise again, death cannot hold him, hallelujah. But that's not part of my message. But anyway, so we gather this morning. This is just not something we do to be doing it. This is what our Savior told us to do. He said, I don't, you, I don't want you to ever forget the price I paid for, you, for your salvation. Don't ever forget that I had to be betrayed and mocked and scourged and crucified so you could be forgiven. Don't ever take lightly what I did for you on the cross. Don't let anybody tell you that salvation is in the church or salvation is in baptism or salvation is good works. That is totally untrue. There is no salvation apart, the cru apart from the crucifixion, substitutionary death of the Son of God. And he said, I want you to remember that. Remember my death until I come. You know, but there's another thing you need to realize. Jesus willingly and lovingly went to the cross in our place. Did you know he had a choice? Oh, he had a choice. 
But you know Jesus settled that. Throughout his life, even from the age when he went to the temple with his mother and dad for the first time, all the way through up until the three years that he was on earth, he would say, I'm not going up to Jerusalem now because my hour has not yet come. And then he would come another. He said to his mother, when she uh, said something to him, he says, woman, you don't understand. And that was an affectionate term. My hour has not yet come. And he kept talking about his hour. And it was when he would be betrayed, mocked, scourged, and crucified. Well, the hour came. And he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, facing, facing the cross. And you remember the Bible says he was in great agony. And his sweat was, his sweat was like drops of blood. And Jesus made this statement. He said, I am exceedingly, now listen to the words of Jesus. I am exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. This is killing me. And he prayed, Father, if there's any other way that people can be saved other than me going to the cross, dying in there, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But Father, not your will, but mine, not, not my will, but yours be done. And he prayed the second time, not my will, Father, but yours be done. The third time, he knew the Father's will. But in his humanity, thinking about that, he was going to have to drink that cup of shame, of sin, of guilt, of separation. He struggled with it. But then he made it clear. I've made the choice. I will obey my father. I am going to the cross. And then he made an amazing statement that tells us he willingly and lovingly took our place on the cross. Matthew chapter 26, verses 52 through 54. Jesus said it clear. Made it clear. He said, but Jesus said to them, the, the disciples that took their sword out, you know, and, and they were ready to, uh, go, to fight, you know. And suddenly one of uh, those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew the sword and struck the, the servant of the high priest, verse 51, and cut off his ear. You, you, know, you know why he cut off his ear? He wasn't very good. He was trying to cut off his head. He said, why is there? He just missed is what it was. Jesus said, put the sword up. Put it up. You don't understand. I don't need any human being to save me. I don't need that. So he goes on and I want to hear the words of Jesus. But Jesus said to him, put up your sword in its place. For all who live, take the sword will perish by the sword. Now listen to what he said. Do you not think that I can now Pray to my Father, and he will provide more than 12 legions of angels. Jesus said, all I have to do is say the word, and 12 legions of angels will come and set me free. He said, but I'm not going to do that because prophecy has to be fulfilled. I have to do the Father's will. And he said, I said earlier, it is written in the book of me, I have come to do your will, O God. And then he says here, how then could the scripture be fulfilled? It must happen. 
God's not going to send 12 legions of angels because that's not the Father's will. The Father's will is that I suffer and die for the sins of all men and women and provide a way of salvation. So I'm not calling for, and he's not sending 12 legions of angels. He said, I'm going to fulfill what the scripture was said of me. So you just remember this. Jesus willingly and lovingly went to the cross in your place. And you know what he did? He fulfilled the scripture. Boy, one, I, I tell you, I love this, this, past, this prophecy in Isaiah 53. Nothing to me describes how personal the cross is and how Jesus willingly and lovingly took our place. Nobody took his life. He gave it up, a ransom for many. I want you to listen to Isaiah 53. You know, everybody should have loved Jesus. Everybody should have bowed before him. Everybody should have kissed his feet or washed his feet like Mary did and wiped her with the, the perfume with the hair of her head. He was the lovely, lovely, magnificent, marvelous son of God. But you know, the sinful heart of man tells us how they did. Beginning in verse 3, he is despised and rejected by men. My, you know, I want to show you how bad and how wicked the human heart is. Pilate, he did not want Jesus' blood on his hands. He didn't want his, and so he tried every way he could to get Jesus, uh, not uh, get, get out of this thing with Jesus. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. At Passover, we usually uh, uh, release a prisoner to you. And there was a prisoner named Barabbas, and he was a murderer. He was the most, the wicked of the wicked. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Every Passover, we release a prisoner. I tell you what I do. I'll either release Barabbas or I'll release Jesus. Pilate thought it was a no-brainer. They're not going to ask him to release a murderer who will just go out and keep on murdering. Certainly they're going to say, well, let Jesus go. No, 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 no. They cried, give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. They choose a wicked murderer over the sinless, beautiful son of God. Give us Barabbas. And, 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 and then Pilate, and that's, well, listen, let me ask you a question. What am I going to do with Jesus, who's the son of God? What am I going to do with him? And they, with one voice, cried, crucify him. Let Barabbas go. Crucify him. You see, Jesus, willingly and lovingly, he went to the cross. He said, all I'd have to do is call 12, and Father would send 12 legions of angels. But because he loved us, he went to the cross. And listen to what Isaiah 53 says. He is despised and rejected my man. Give us Barabbas. He's a man of sorrows. Jesus lived with a broken heart. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. Man, can you believe that? He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. Would you underscore, circle our in your Bible? Oh, he, he took the griefs of the world. No, he took your griefs. 
Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Man, look at the personal pronoun. It was our griefs that he carried. It was our sorrows. We, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But then look how personal it is. Verse 5 of Isaiah. He was wounded for circle hour. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. God placed it on him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we, like sheep, it's us, had gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We did. But the Lord laid on him your iniquities and your iniquities and my iniquities. The Lord laid on him the iniquities of us all. Verse 10. This is a verse that's really amazing. It was the will of the Father. Are you listening? It was the will of the Father that Jesus would suffer. This was God's plan. Oh, yes, this was God's plan to redeem us. Look what it says. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The Father said, I'm pleased with this because it's the only way my creation can be saved. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul, the Father makes his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. You know, you've got to understand that Jesus said in the supper, I want you to remember my death. I want you to remember what it was all about. And he said, I want you to understand that I willingly and lovingly went to the cross for you. But then, let me conclude this part before we have the Lord's Supper by saying, now, on the third day he rose from the dead. Listen to this. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Did you know that? Because of his obedient sacrifice, he loved Lot his life unto death. Because of his obedient sacrifice, the Father exalted Jesus and gave him a name above every name. His name is higher than any other. We sang about it today. He has a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And every, that God, J- Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And now, yes, he said, remember my death till I come. He said, I willingly and lovingly go to the cross to you for you. But he said, I want to tell you today. Having risen from the dead, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Look in Matthew 26, verse 62 and 64. You know, he says this. He confesses that he's the son of God. They put it to him plainly. And boy, Jesus just answered him so clearly. Matthew 26, 62 and 64. All right, now listen. All this time this was going on, Jesus kept silent. Look at verse 63. Well, go back to 62. The high priest arose and said to him, do you answer nothing? Jesus hadn't said a word. Do you answer nothing? What what is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. 
And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath. Listen to what the high priest said. By the living God. He said, Jesus, he, he was talking to the living God. I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us, tell us if you're the Christ. Tell us if you're the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, it is as you said. You're exactly right. I am the Son of God. He said, you're right. And Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter, you will see the Son of Man. Man, I'm about to have a spell right here. You'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of glory. Glory to God. Jesus said, you can put me to death, but I'll tell you all I'm going to do is rise from the dead, go sit at my Father's right hand, and one day I'm going to come in the clouds in power and in glory. Woo! Hallelujah. And it's sooner than we think. You know, Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. I love Matthew 28, verse 18. He said, just his words now, Matthew 28, 18. All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. You know, Jesus has all authority over the world system. He has all authority over the flesh. He has all authority over the devil. He has all authority over sin. He has all authority over the grave. He has all authority over hell. I am telling you, Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth. And one day it began when Simeon saw Jesus in the temple and said, my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. And one day it'll, be, it'll come to a close when Jesus comes in the clouds and every eye shall see him and those that pierced him shall mourn. And Jesus will ever be established as King of kings and Lord of lords. And he will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. You know, we look at the, the world, we look at the world leaders, and we say, you know, they seem to be in control. Let me just say one thing. They're not in control. Jesus has the final word. He has the final word. And so we need to know, as we partake of the supper today, listen, this is all about what he did for me. All about him being wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities and all my iniquities being placed upon him. It's all about him dying for me and, and then it's all about him rising from the dead and coming to live inside of me. I am crucified with Christ, but Christ lives in me. And it's all about the risen Christ coming to live in me by the Holy Spirit and giving me the power to be what God saved me to be. It's all about Jesus' death and it's all about his resurrection. And it's all about his coming. He said, this do in remembrance unto me until I come. And so, friend, today, don't take this lightly. It's not just another ceremony. It is a celebration of what Jesus Christ did for you and me so that our sins could be forgiven, so we could be robed in the righteousness of God, and so we could be accepted by God one day into his holy and magnificent presence.